welcome back to In the Midnight Hour podcast. We're so excited to have you on the couch with us. I am your co-host, Lauren. And Keller. (laughs) And uh, we're so excited to bring you episode number six today. I can't believe it's already six. I know. When I was doing my notes for it and like I write at the top of it episode number six I was like that doesn't sound right and the truth is is that we've recorded seven episodes it was actually seven episodes but there's a bonus but it's a bonus episode yeah so but as far as like our linear storytelling goes we're on episode six which is crazy it is it is crazy to think we've already done six episodes I mean because that's six weeks of episodes yeah so when you think about it that way, it's especially like how have six weeks gone by since we started? Yeah. And we're punctual too, baby. We tr- we try to be. Don't always hold us to that standard because sometimes life gets a little bit crazy, gets a little, our schedules get a little conflicted. So there may be a day where the episode comes in real late Thursday. Yeah. Well, we've enjoyed what we've done and hope everybody else has enjoyed it also. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to like have the time and to have something that's like dedicated outside of our work and outside of our regular just what we do every day to have a time during the week where we have to sit down and we have to focus both of our combined energy on doing this. And then for me, a lot of the times it's been really fun to research and to get into all of that. That's, you know, something I haven't done in a while is just traditional research. So that's been really fun. But thank you for listening to our last episode. I think that was my favorite one that we've ever done. And I know that you really enjoyed it too. Yeah, I think it was one of our finer moments. (laughs) And it's a bit, bit of housekeeping, uh, the, the audio from the villains episode number five mm. was a little messed up. It was a little up. quiet. It was a little quiet. Um, so we fixed that and we re, we have re-uploaded yes. that episode. So if you missed it or even if you listened to it, um, it's up there and yeah, it's Yeah, you fixed. can get the full experience now. When Keller had to go back in and edit it, it makes everything louder. So the intro music and the exit music are going to be bass boosted. Yeah, sounds like the bass boosted. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be quite loud. But the talking... The talking is going to be the quality that we like. The actual episode is is actually listenable now because it's not so loud or so so soft. Yes. You can actually hear us talk, which is the majority of the show. Yes, And, and so... This week, we're back to our normal um, uploading software. Keller's well, sick now. The turns have tabled. The, the turn has tabled. It bit me. Yes. And luckily, he's on the upturn of this now. He's on the, the outside of like the worst up, part of the sickness. So he is not... 100%, but he's not, like, as bad as he could be. Yeah, if we had recorded this a day or two ago, it would 
have been unlistenable because of my stopped up nose. <laughs> I was sounding like this the whole time. <laughs> well, see, I that's still how I feel sound like, like that, I sounded but. last week, but it, it's never as bad as you think it is. Yeah. So, what do we have for our spook? <laughs> Halloween episode. Yeah, so this it's is Halloween, folks. Yeah, so it is. I mean, to me, October, it, the whole month is Halloween month. I don't really just celebrate the one day. Um, so this is coming out a few days before Halloween because you know Halloween's on a Monday. Doesn't really align with our schedule, but this is the Halloween special. And I honestly, so when we have planned out different episodes, you know, weeks in advance and kind of talked about what we want to do, I knew from day one of starting this podcast that I would want to do a Halloween special episode, you know, something dedicated to just all the spooky and scary things that we could talk about. Here we are. Yeah. So I have been waiting patiently for this episode um, I'm very excited to get into it. Uh, we're going to be sharing true scary stories from our friends, from our family, um, a few internet stories, and then we're going to share some of our own stories. Um, so that is what we're going to be talking about, but just in general in life, I'm very excited for Halloween. We have got a really fun weekend coming up right now on Saturday. We're going to be doing a pumpkin carving night with my family and siblings and everyone. And so we're going to get together. And if you don't know my family and Keller can tell you this, we love a good like family group gathering party night. We love hosting an event. We love a themed night. So of course our pumpkin carving night couldn't just be that it's literally Harry Potter themed. So we're all going to dress up in some way, shape or form to represent Harry Potter and all of the food, all of the desserts, everything we're going to do is going to be dedicated to Harry Potter in some way, shape or form. Cause yeah. we're all super fans. Shout out to my fellow Gryffindors. And shout out to my fellow Slytherins. <laughs> Gosh, a match made in hell. <laughs> but uh, hashtag fuck Hufflepuffs. I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> just fuck one Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then really just this whole weekend is for me is going to be dedicated to all things spooky and scary. I'm probably going to make Keller watch a ha- you know to some type of Halloween horror movie yeah it's gonna be gonna be fun i wish we had trick-or-treaters on our street on our street is not a trick-or-treater street it's like a logging route it's a trucking route yeah there are houses all right beside us in a row like it's row rows of houses but yeah our street is on like a highway and so there's constantly massive 18 wheelers flying down the road at like 50 miles an hour and this is like a residential area so it's just not it doesn't really work well but on monday we probably will go trick-or-treating with a special little girl so that'd be fun that'd be fun to take her trick-or-treating yes and i think that she's gonna dress up 
as a character from what's that movie? That Disney movie that just came out. It just came out. Mirabelle. What? But what's the oh, movie? Oh, uh, in- Encanto. Encanto, yes. Encanto. She's dressing up as one of the characters from that. I can't remember. I think it's Isabel, maybe. Mirabel. No, she's not doing she's not dressing as No, 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 no. Mirabel. She, is the she main changed one. her whole thing. I forgot. So she was gonna dress up as Isabel, the flower one. Oh, okay. But she changed it and she's wearing, she's dressing as Tiana this oh. year. Yes. Okay. So she totally changed course. Princess and the Frog. Yes. Yes. Which I feel like that's a great I feel like that is a great costume and she's gonna look super cute. Yeah, that was a good. That was a great movie. It is a really Any good Pixar movie. Any Pixar is good. Yeah, <clears throat> that it's Dr. Always. John song is great. Yeah, I've, down yeah. in New Orleans. Yes, I listened to that like unironically just <clears throat> in my car. Oh, it's <laughs> it a great. great song. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I'm just I'm we're you know we're deep into October. We're in the last little bit that we have here. So we are you know fall is full blown. In you know, in our household, in in the South, we've actually been enjoying some cold weather, some bonfires. The leaves are falling. Oh yeah, the leaves are beautiful right now. They're going to keep changing because, in you know, the area that we live in of South Carolina, the peak colors don't even hit until the first week of November, which is around the next two weeks. So you know, we're just we're thriving right now. Yeah, our trees are confused. Our yeah. seasons are... Yeah, because all last week and all this week, it's been like 50s, 60s, and then you'll throw in a random day like today where it's... 75. Oh, yeah, and you can just go around in leggings and a t-shirt, jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. So... Well, let's dive in. Yes, let's get in... Spooky tales. <laughs> let's get into the stories. Cue the horror music. All right. So... We're going to kick it off with one of our stories. I've been in a lot of spooky environments and situations where I've had like weird things happen, but a lot of it was like my own fear in my mind or, you know, just the usual things that you kind of expect around it. But this was like beyond comprehension beyond logic yeah i've i've been in some scary situations mm-hmm. and i've i i've seen us ufos UAPs. you've seen usos <laughs> i've seen usos <laughs> you know i've seen ufos oh yeah we, and I we don't we don't even mean that as like it was an alien but we've seen stuff in the sky that yeah, we didn't understand what explain. it was you know whether it be some intelligence you know some extraterrestrial intelligence or whether it be a Thing that the United States has made and we just don't know about. Yeah, so we've I've seen s- some shit. I've seen some paranormal stuff, uh, not much, you know, really, but a little bit. But this definitely takes the cake of unexplained terror. You know, yeah, pu- just pure fear and adrenaline. Oh yeah, I was, I was shitting myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I really was. I'll let you kind of kick the story off and set the <clears throat> set the scene up for us. All right. So uh, I'll take you back to that <laughs> night. It was... Probably like four years ago. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of the night. I mean, literally the dead middle of the night. Like it had house. to have been two or three o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was early in the morning. I mean, it was... Close to three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, at our old house. <laughs> AKA the witching hour. 
And our old house um, was in kind of the country. I mean, it had. Yeah, it was more on a country. It side. had like 12 acres behind it. Mm-hmm. The neighbors were not, there's no neighbors on either no, side. No, it's not like the house ways. we live in now. <clears throat> yeah, the, the neighbors aren't close. Um, across the street was a field. Yeah. So there wasn't any And there was a lot of fields around us. Yeah, so really quiet out there. It got Very. really quiet. You could hear cars coming. Miles away. Yeah, I mean, a mile away down the road, it would you could hear the car coming. Um, and we were in our bedroom at the time, and we were just up talking. Mm-hmm. Really late at night, no TV on, no, no fan. No lights on. Yeah, nothing. It just laying in the black, bed in the dark. <clears throat> pitch black dark at 3 in the morning out in our house in the country. Silent no TV, and all of a sudden, we're sitting there talking, and we see a flash that lights up our window. And just for context, you know, to picture our bedroom, it's like the bed is right in the middle of the room, pushed up against the wall, and it is like a perfectly box-shaped room, and behind the bed, like where the headboard would be, was a big, was two big connecting windows and then to like if you're laying in the bed and you're looking straight ahead of you to the left on the wall was another big window that was like two windows that connected yeah so we're up talking pitch black dark dead of night and we see a flash outside i had a tapestry up hanging uh on the window covering up the window but you know, tapestry's thin. Yeah, it's kind of sheer. So you sheer. could still still see through it, um, to a certain extent. So we see a flash, and it looks like a distant flash, but still a flash in the dead of night. I mean, it's three o'clock in the morning, middle of the woods, in our house, and we see a flash at our window, and it looks like it's far off. But we saw it, and we're like, "Did that you see that?" That was weird. Yeah. And she's like, "Yeah, I saw that," and I was like. Hmm. You know, maybe it was a car going by mm-hmm. and their lights lit up, even though I didn't hear a car go by. No. And so we're like, okay, well, maybe that it was, was that. Yeah. And so we start talking again, and ten seconds later, if that, maybe yeah. seven or eight seconds later, another flash. And the window is outside of the window was our driveway, a gravel driveway. <clears throat> and on the other side of the gravel driveway was woods. Yeah. Uh, deep woods. And we saw the flash again. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, we're like, okay, we didn't hear a car. Yeah. What What was that? Yeah. So we stop in our tracks. We stop talking, and we just look out the window. There's no street lights around. So, you know, and I did, we didn't hear a car, so what's making that flash? <clears throat> And so we stop, we stop talking and we just look out the window and again, silence, pitch black, another flash. And so this time a chill went down my body and we're just looking out the window, another flash. And it appeared, so it keeps flashing every about 
10 seconds. And the flash is getting closer. And so, like I said, we're looking out the window, and it's our driveway and the woods. And it looked like the flash started in the woods, and then the next flash was at the edge of the woods. The next flash was in our driveway. The next flash was closer. So we're sitting there, chills, not saying anything, dead quiet, three in the morning, flash, flash, closer, flash, closer. It keeps getting closer to the window. And the flashes, if you can describe what the flashes look like. Well, to me, I've always described them as picture like an old vintage camera that, you know, you've seen a movie or like you go get your old timey photos done and the guy puts his head under the cloth and you press it and it's like that big pop, that big flash that, you know how it, it, the, the light of it lingers in your eyes where it goes pop and then it just kind of like, it fades. It, it fades after. Like, it, it, it pulls itself back in. But there's, like, that lingering, like, it, you know, it's so bright that it hits your eyes and it, and it lingers after. It was, do, it was that. And it was, a, it was a big flash. It wasn't, you know, a little speck of light. It, it wasn't steady. It wasn't like a flashlight look. You know, it wasn't, if you picture your iPhone flash, it wasn't where it would just be one consistent you know, intensity of light, it would be a big pop and then it would, you know, it would linger and then it would fade back in. And at this point that it's getting closer, we're both crawled off the side of the bed and we're sitting on the very edge, if not on the ground, hiding, you know, behind the bed, just holding each other, like dead silent, pure terror. Yes. And this all happened within a period of maybe a minute, two minutes. I think maybe like maybe, maybe closer to five minutes because, you know, we're going to get to it. But the last couple pops, yeah. they so, really were like extended out in time or it felt like it in the moment. Yeah. So we're on the bed. We're holding each other, not saying anything. You know, we were mid conversation and this, this just stopped, stopped us in our tracks and pop in the woods, pop edge of the woods, flash. In our driveway, flash even closer, flash approaching the window, even closer to the window. Another flash that lights up the entire window that has to be five feet away Uh, from our window. Yeah. We were frozen. I mean, I was just frozen in terror. I mean, I didn't know what it was. You know, we were just watching this flash, just flash closer and closer to the window. So it flashes about five feet from our window, and I'm thinking in my head, surely this isn't going to get closer. Yeah. It's right outside of our window. You don't even know the thoughts. Like, your brain just stops. Oh, yeah. And what felt like an eternity, pitch black dark, and all of a sudden, right against the window, flash, lights up the entire room, lights up the entire window, and again, that initial pop, and then the fade. Mm-hmm. And... At this point, I was about to get up. Because it was it was beyond, like, I know that telling the story, you're never going to get the full sense of fear. 
But in that moment, it was the scariest. Like it honestly, even telling it now, it feels like we're telling a story that someone else has told us because it's so hard to put yourself back in that moment because it was genuinely the most horrifying thing I've ever yeah. experienced. We thought whatever this light was, whatever this pop of light, we literally at both at one point both of us thought it was just going to come through the window. Oh well, that's so when it popped against the glass, my next thought was, "This is going to this is going to pop next in our room." That yeah. that's the thought that I have. Yeah, <clears throat> because. It was completely silent out there. Yes, we didn't hear like we didn't hear footsteps breaking limbs. We, we would have heard, yeah. There, there was pine straw and limbs outside of the bushes outside of the uh, the window. window. So we would have heard if it was somebody with a camera walking up because it was we so silent in our room. Thing. Yes, we could hear cars coming for miles. Yes, <clears throat> so we didn't hear anything. The, the, the light appeared to have like a floating orb light mm. like uh, it didn't appear to be attached to anything there was no, no silhouette behind it of darkness yeah it appeared as if it was floating closer and closer to the window again it popped at the window and my next thought was this thing's gonna pop inside and we waited and I, and that was the most scary for me because I was like if this pops inside because because I thought it had a feeling of paranormal alien yeah something else it, it wasn't a feel, bug it didn't feel like a bug no. uh, it felt like it could come straight through our window yeah. and pop inside of our room like reality didn't and matter in that something moment. was going to be in there with us yeah the, the walls were not going to protect us yeah at that point just like that it was gone yeah it, it did that last flash where it was Up like against the window i mean it had to have been touching the window yes. and then no, nothing black and that was it and so we just sat there like in shock and yep. terror you know questioning like did we literally just have you know a hallucination are we crazy and i think that you did go outside the next day yeah i did and, and there was nothing yeah it, it, there was nothing there no footprints nothing yeah, because I forbid him from going outside that same night. I was like, hell no. Yeah, you we know? finally just like, we're like, all right, let's go to sleep. I yeah, guess. We, well, we locked the, our bedroom door. Oh, yeah. I remember we did that because we were like, um, yeah, no. Yeah, so I went outside the next morning, and there was no tracks, no footprints, nothing. And, um, yeah, I've been thinking about that ever since. And, you know, I, I looked up after that. I looked up bugs like lightning so we I. have lightning bugs mm -hmm. in the set you know in the south and well i think everywhere it does okay <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know if there was a southern thing like lightning bugs talk like this well we call them lightning bugs but other places call them fireflies so. yeah well you know we have fireflies and <clears throat> and i looked up any kind of bug that illuminated mm -hmm. and there was nothing like this mm -hmm. nothing and, and, it, and it wasn't the same hue as no. a as a firefly, it was a bright flash of almost like a camera flash. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was uh, it was terrifying and to say the least. And I still we don't still have don't an explanation. Know. We don't for have it. a clue for what it was. And you know, our friends and family have had theories. They've said, "Oh, it, you know, it was." somebody who was scoping your house out and they did have some type of camera maybe or someone was playing a cruel 
you know, joke on y'all trying to scare you. And they were, you know, they had some kind of light or something or, you know, there's all kinds of human theories. Um, and, and I don't completely discount those. I think that it's, it, it is very possible because I think in the moment you're so afraid that maybe you ignore, you know, sound and you ignore other things and you only focus on the scariest part of it, which was the light. But something in me just tells me it wasn't something. I don't know if it's just pure fear that's leading me that way, but I feel like intuition tells me that it was something beyond our regular, you know, our regular world. Yeah. That's, that's what it felt like to me. And I, I, I'm a natural skeptic. My mind doesn't get automatically go to, it's UFOs or it's paranormal. Like I, I don't, I've never seen a ghost or anything. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical about yeah. a lot of those things. And, um, yeah, it felt like something that I cannot explain otherworldly or, yeah. or other dimension, yeah. uh, paranormal stuff. But yeah, that's, and it, st- it, it was so calculated. It was so like purposeful. It wasn't, it didn't feel random. It felt, like whatever it felt intelligent you know yeah well we saw every flash from the woods across the driveway and it came right up to our window yeah you know it could have gone anywhere else Mm -hmm. and it came right up to our window and flashed right outside of our window and that's kind of why i discredited somebody with a camera because when that flash happened right at the window their silhouette i feel like would have lit up or at least even when the when the flash didn't go off, I feel like when it was just darkness, there would have been like a darker shade of darkness. You know, we I, I don't know. I just feel like there yeah. would have been some feeling or inclination. But I like I said, I don't totally discount that theory because we don't know. Yeah, and it wasn't a iPhone camera no, flash. No, no. It was like a Polaroid camera. Who's taking Polaroids in, at 3 o'clock in the morning in somebody's house? They're not going to develop. They're not going to turn out. I will say, there's li- there's psychopaths in the world. Well, this is true. You know, there's people who get off on weird things. Yeah, so what do y'all think? We don't know. Yeah, That's- yeah. Message us. Let us know what the hell you think. If, you're, if you've somehow had a similar experience, mm. please let us know. <laughs> I or if you not. know of anything that could explain this, please let us know. Yep. So that's our our personal spooky story. Yes. Hope you enjoyed that. Yes. So going to go ahead and dive right into our next one. So this is a story that I was a part of. Keller was not there for. We didn't even know each other at the time. But this is a story that involves me and my brother, Nolan. So this was several years ago. I mean... I would say like 2016, 2015. I can't remember the exact timeline of that, but let's just say for the sake of the story, 2015, 2016. So I went to college away from my family and I would come home some weekends and stay the night with them. And this was one of those weekends. I was back from school and, you know, I was just hanging out with my family Everything was great. Everything was normal. And I went to bed one night like I would do any other night. I slept in the very um, bottom level of the house. It's technically the basement. And my brother slept on the top floor, the third level of the house. And at some point during the night, I was still awake, but he came down and 
of course, you know, it, it was me and him were the only two people up at that point, and I, he knew that I was going to be up. So he comes running down to my room, and he is insistent that I get up and I come with him because he has just witnessed and heard something that terrified him, like truly terrified him. And, you know, to be completely honest, I didn't really believe him initially. I was kind of like, okay, I'll get up and I'll, you know, indulge your request. But this is my little brother, you know, he's probably playing a prank on me. This probably isn't as serious. Or I'm going to go up and see that there's a practical explanation for this. But I did go with him. I went up to his room. And so when we got up there, he explained to me what was going on. And he said that he had been cleaning his one of his guns and that he he had a closet in his room that he stored his guns, you know, just all of his clothes and things. But he had a gun rack, and so he was cleaning his gun, and he went to go put it back onto the rack. And when he did that, the end of the gun or the, t- the barrel of the gun, some part of it, slipped off the rack, and it hit the wall. And when it did that, he went over and he fixed it and didn't think anything else about it. And I would say, if I can remember correctly, like 30-ish seconds later, maybe a minute later, he had turned around and was going back into his room like normal. And he heard another loud knock on the closet. And... Like, I sitting here telling this, y'all, I'm literally getting, like, heart palpitations again because this is one of those stories that I do not ever talk about because I cannot find it within me to understand what was going on in this moment. So, I just don't tell it. But, so, he heard a knock on the closet wall. And he turned around thinking that his gun had slipped again, but it hadn't. So, he went to inspect the wall and see if something else had fallen or you know what exactly the source of the the noise was and as he got over there he heard another knock and he was standing right in front of it this time and he could clearly see with his own eyes that there was no discernible source for there to be a knocking and what was worse than that is it seemed like the knocking was coming from inside the wall and not from outside. So I'm not actually sure what was the reason for him doing this, but he felt inclined and he tapped the wall. Like he knocked on it like it was a door, just kind of like, you know, maybe he was seeing if there was some sort of, you know, something had fallen inside the wall. I I don't know what the reasoning was, but whatever reason, he knocked on the wall and just kind of knocked on it. And stepped away, and again, about 30 seconds to a minute later, he heard another knock. And this time, he could clearly tell. It sounded like it was coming from inside of the wall. And it wasn't a little... It was a, you know, it was a loud knock like you would hear on your front door. And so, at this point, he's extremely freaked out and doesn't understand what the fuck is going on an important note about his room and about this closet is that this closet was directly connected to a wall 
that was outside in this little hallway area that hung over our staircase. So if you walked out to that hallway, that wall was maybe, maybe a foot wide, maybe a foot wide. And there was nothing on the other side. It was just a plain hallway. There wasn't any pictures. There wasn't a, you know, a table sitting there. It was just a random hallway that was sitting over our staircase. So no one was on the other side of the hallway. Nothing could have fallen off the wall and banged and made a noise. And he could go and he would knock on the wall and go run outside and see there's no one there. There's nothing there that could possibly make that noise. And like I said, it sounded like it was coming from inside the wall. So he explained all of this to me and was like, you know, he was terrified. He, he had no idea how this could happen and he didn't even know what was happening. So he basically just said, look, watch. And he went up to the wall and I'm standing there with him and he knocked and 30 seconds, minute later, it knocked back. And at this point, he's explained this whole thing to me and I still don't believe him. So I run outside and I'm like, you must have our other brother or you must have some kind of recording device, your phone, something, you know, this door or this, this closet wall is not knocking back at you. So I asked him to do it and I said, let me stand on the other side. So he did. I could hear him knocking. I watched the other side, walked back in and the closet wall knocked again. And at this point, I literally go open up my youngest brother's bedroom door and see he's fast asleep. My parents are fast asleep. My sister's fast asleep. My brother's phone is nowhere near him. He doesn't have a recording playing. So I take the step and I go knock on the closet door. And I step back and I think nothing's going to happen. You know, there's no way. And sure enough, the wall knocked back. Again, it's the same way as the first story where it's so astounding. It's so scary. It's so out of the norm that your mind instantly wants to go to a logical explanation. Or you just completely dismiss it and say, this is bullshit. I can't deal with this. So I sat there on his bed and looked up bugs. Can, you know, can there be an infestation that can mimic noises? Can there be some type of thing in the wall that can make these noises? But nothing, I wasn't finding anything that could answer this problem. And it seemed like it was responding, you know, it, we would knock and then it would literally respond back. And it wasn't just knocking on its own. It, it, it was waiting. And I, I mean, to this day, to this very day, I have no explanation and neither does he. And, you know, he, I've asked him, you know, have you had, you know, any experiences in your room besides that? And besides him having really bad sleep paralysis, I don't think that he's had any other serious happenings since that. And he said that he's 
made sure to never tap on the wall or to let anything slip off and knock the wall after that happened. And he, you know, he was so scared after that that he literally came and crawled in bed and slept with me that night. So. Wow. And didn't y'all ask your brother and your family, like, hey, were y'all playing a joke? And everybody's like, no, what are you talking about? And not only did we ask them the next day, but I checked that night and they were all asleep. Like I went door to door because, you know, they were all sleeping on the top floor and checked and all of them were asleep. And I've asked Nolan in the years since where, you know, were you pulling one over on me? Did you really have some kind of recording? You know, was there some trick to this? And he has maintained that. I mean, and I, I, I witnessed it and saw it with my own eyes, mm. you know, and I, I'm not one to just make this kind of shit up because my God, to me and Keller listen to all kinds of scary, true stories. And you sit there and you kind of have this disbelief, you know, it's a good story, but you're kind of, oh yeah, okay. I believe them, but like, did it really happen or did it really happen the way that they're describing it? But I can say, you know, the God's honest truth for me in that situation is exactly the way that I described it. My mind goes to the people that have people living in their wall, like attic. Well, that's the thing is this wall was like a foot wide. I mean, I genuinely, if you've, I don't even know if it was a foot wide, maybe half a foot wide. So I feel like if you were to see this space and how small it is and how there's nothing on the other side of it, then you would realize, like, how the hell was this happening? Because those sto- stories are terrifying when, you know, a couple buys a house or and they're they renting a house <laughs> and they notice things are missing or something weird going on and they look behind the bathroom mirror. They take the mirror off the wall and there's just a hole cut out. Yeah. And there's like or a the bed closet's in there. got a hole cut out in it. Yeah, or someone's living in their attic and they're crawling down, like, stealing their chips away. No, that's my worst nightmare. Or they wake up in the middle of the night and they see the person, you know, in their bedroom, like running through the bedroom. Yeah, they're trying on their clothes. God. (laughs) Yeah, wow. A spooky childhood story. Yeah. Well, I wasn't a child when it happened. You know, I was like, I was Uh, in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess Nolan was cleaning his guns. I hope he wasn't 10 years old. No, he wasn't a child. No, (laughs) no. Yeah, well, that was a good one. Yeah. Well, spooky tale. Shall we move on to the next one? Yes. Okay. So we're going to continue with the same um, path we've been going on. This is another family story that I'm going to share with you. So this is a story that my that happened to my cousin Riley and her boyfriend Sam. So. Around this time in their life, so let me explain the dynamic. So I have my Aunt Tanya, and then she has two daughters, Riley and Sydney, and we're all extremely close. I consider them to be like sisters to me and not just cousins. And Sam is Riley's long-term boyfriend. Gonna, they're going to get married one day. So but um, so I just consider him to be like a brother-in-law too or what would you call it, a cousin-in-law? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. so they're all just wonderful people. They're, again, same kind of thing as we're talking about. They don't 
just thrive off of these crazy made up kind of stories. So back they're to not the, ghost hunting on the weekends. No, no. They don't have a UV detector, no. EMF detector. No. So around this time in their life, they were selling their home. And so they had a realtor who would come and do showings for them throughout the day. And this was, I believe it was a Sunday, because I think, you know, on, on a lot of Sundays, my family gets together at my grandparents' house and we have Sunday, you know, like a late lunch dinner situation. So they had all been over there and the realtor had been showing people the house that day. And Riley and Sam decided to go back to the house before everyone else. And at this point, the realtor and the showings were, you know, they they should have been over with. So they get back to the house. Everything seems fine. They go up to Riley's bedroom. Yep. And they're the only ones there, right? Yes. Yeah, so at this point, um, my aunt and my other cousin, Sydney, are still at the grandparents' house. And Riley and Sam went back to this house by themselves. So they get there and they go up to her bedroom and I don't think it was very long into them being there. They were up there, you know, hanging out, doing whatever they were doing. And they heard knocks on the floor, which would be the ceiling of the dining room. So Riley's bedroom sat directly over their dining room. And so it sounded like someone was knocking on the ceiling of the dining room. Well, Sam said, like, banging. Yes. Like, somebody was taking a broom and hitting the ceiling. It was like, vibrating boom, boom. the floor. Yes. Yeah, it, he said vibrating the floor. That's what he said. Yeah, it wasn't just like a little dunk, dunk, dunk. No, it was It was a very loud and powerful banging noise. Yeah. So, I think that Sam heard it first, and then Riley heard it. But they both looked at each other and were, I mean... I imagine horrified and you know if you know Sam he doesn't scare easily and Riley said that this was like the most scared she had ever seen him look and that house had a lot of spooky happenings in it and there's like a wealth a treasure trove of stories of scary things that happened in that house but yeah, might have been built on an Indian burial <laughs> Indian burial ground. Yeah, and there might have been Perhaps. like haunted paintings that or came Native American Native American should I say? Yeah, there's there's some energy there, some juju for sure. But Sam had never been witness to any of these things until this time. So they, I believe that they called. Um, at this point, they called my aunt and my grandfather and told them that they had heard that and they were worried they didn't immediately go supernatural they were worried that someone was in the house because of the showings and that they had like kidnapped the realtor you know or had her hostage somewhere in the house or just stayed there after the show yeah or someone had just snuck in and stayed and hidden you know hid there after so they thought it was a person so they called my grandfather and my aunt and they went over to the house, you know, guns out going through the house and nothing was there. 
And, you know, my Aunt Tanya has said the same thing, that Sam was genuinely looked terrified when she saw him. And they just immediately left the house. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know if it's from this same story or if it's from a different one that happened right around the same time. I think it's from this one, but they may tell me after they listen to this that it was from a different time. But they, when they went through the house, they noticed that there were like drawers that had been opened and that there were things that had appeared to be messed with. Like my cousin's drawers had been pulled out. It looked like maybe clothes had been, you know, looked at or gone through and just other, you know, kind of strange things like that. And obviously you can chalk that up to, you know, some weirdo coming through the house during the showing. Yeah. And things that, in a normal showing, they wouldn't go through somebody's draw- drawers, like no. clothes, clothing drawers. No. They wouldn't do that. A realtor no. wouldn't open up somebody's dresser drawer. No. And the realtor is, like, with them while they're on this tour of the house. So, it, you know, it would definitely be noticeable if someone went through the drawers. But there was no explanation as to what caused that noise. And like I said, it was so loud and so, you know, so much that there was literally a vibration on the floor. It wasn't just the noise. They could physically feel it happening. And later on, my Aunt Tanya, she she said that there had always been a darker sort of negative energy in the dining room area and that, like I said, there's a treasure trove of stories from this house, but what, you know, my aunt and my, and my cousin Sydney, they have always said that they've seen a man, a shadowy figure of a man walk through the house, but a lot of times it's in the dining room area and they've both seen it. Um, they've both seen crazier shit than, than that in the house, but you know that I'll leave that for them to tell about. So after all of this had happened, um, my Aunt Tanya, she went into the dining room and went through it, and she did kind of her own little, you know, not a ritual, but she she kind of prayed over the room, and she did a meaningful routine for her and went through it and basically asked whatever energy or spirit was in the house, you know, that it needed to leave and that it wasn't welcome anymore. Yeah. Cause they were selling the house. Yes. And so they were leaving, moving yes. on. So she went through the room and did her routine. And then she felt this like real deep intuition to go open the front door. So she walked over to the front door and opened it. And she felt like this, big burst of energy or air or wind or something blow by her and out the front door and and her you know retelling and her experience of this story that was the releasing of that energy that spirit whatever entity whatever thing was in that house um she feels like it left in that moment and that maybe it had gotten agitated because they were leaving the house and because it knew that they wouldn't be able to 
absorb any of the energy from them living there anymore. And so it knew that it, it had to move on. Yeah, she tells it when she opened the front door, she felt a shift happen. Mm-hmm. She felt like whatever this dark energy was that she was feeling. That it left. That it left. Yeah. And she and they never had any anything since then. No. They were only they, in the house for another week or so. But yeah. But it, it that she said that it was like a complete difference. Changed. Yeah. And and they had had a lot of darker, um, pervasive, like kind of a dark cloud over the house for a while. And so that after that happened, it completely changed the yep. energy for them. <clears throat> and said, so I don't, to my knowledge, I don't think that they've, they've moved since, but I don't think that they've had any, you know, occurrences. It doesn't appear that it's followed them anywhere. Yeah. So another personal from our family, spooky tale for yes. you. Yes. And so now we're going to share my some... mom's. So we're going to keep in the family still. Oh, okay. I was getting ahead of myself there. <laughs> so we're going to share my mom's story. We'll have Keller read it to you. Let me pull it up real quick. Keller is going <coughs> to, to attempt re- to read it. <laughs> yeah. To attempt <coughs> to read it. We all know it. how my reading out loud goes. Yes. And we all know how my mother's grammar is. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is from Mama Laura. Mama McGonagall. Yep. This is her story that she submitted. I I have not heard this story, so I'm reading it for the first time. So, on Halloween night, 1996. Should I read it in her voice? No, no, no. No, no. All right, all right. All right, from Laura. On Halloween night... In 1996, I was a married college student living in a small first-floor two-bedroom condo in Plymouth, New Hampshire. My husband, Scott, and I adored this little New England town and always felt a sense of security while living there. We slept with our windows open at night, snuggled under heavy quilts, breathing in the nippy air that allowed the most restful sleep, and locking our door was not a top priority. There was no security system, and many a night I slept alone in our condo, windows up, while Scott, a college baseball pitcher, traveled with the team. Looking back on our time there, these really were some of the best moments of our life as a young married couple. We still love this town and travel there as often as possible. We eat at our favorite restaurant, shout out to Biderman's Deli, if I'm saying that right. Biederman's Biederman's Deli. (laughs) Sorry, Biederman's. And always give our kids the five-minute tour of the tiny town that looks like it is plucked right out of a Department 5-6, Department 56 New England Christmas Village collection. I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. You you don't need to know what it is. Just (laughs) picture a cute little hallmark. Just read the damn story. On this particular Halloween night, along with several friends, we hosted a scary movie night. Honestly, I've tried to remember what movies made our list, but sadly I can't. Our goal was to eat, drink, and scare ourselves into a frenzy. We were in our early 20s, and this was all the fun we needed. One of our male friends, Aaron, made plans to spend the night in our guest room when the party was over. I went to bed telling Scott and Aaron goodnight. Around 3 a.m., our little dog, Copper, a miniature Dotson, 
woke me up needing to use the bathroom. The whole combo. <laughs> Not thinking about our friend being in the condo, I jumped up and headed out of the bedroom in just a t-shirt and underwear. I was never worried about neighbors seeing me because it was super dark in that area. Plus, I usually just stood inside the door and let Copper do her business right outside the sliding glass door. That night, when I opened my bedroom door and entered the dark hall, I I embarrassingly ran right into our house guest. Half-dressed, holding my little Copper, I turned red with mortification and quickly returned to my bedroom to put on some clothes. When I returned fully clothed to take my dog out, my friend was no longer in the hall. It had been nothing more than an unfortunate encounter when we were both up. He headed to the bathroom and me taking the dog out. My friend never spoke to me in the hall that night, and for that I was relieved, but knew there would be lots of jokes and teasing me the next day. Afterward, I went back to sleep, and as college kids do, we slept late to the following morning. I was going to say, let me add, I don't know if this is in the story or not because I haven't read it, but at this time, and and my mom has told me this story, so I know this detail, but my mom is, has very, very bad vision. And especially at this time in her life, um, she had to wear like massive thick glasses and contacts and everything. And she had, she eventually got LASIK and that helped to correct some of it but at this point in her life she was um blind as a bat yeah yeah she was legally blind as one might say so that definitely contributes to what i imagine is i i I, from what she has told us you know if i'm telling it right is that she got up and just didn't bother with her glasses or anything and so she you know she was just like oh you know sorry you know bumped into you in the hallway didn't really think much about it she didn't have her glasses on. Yeah. All right. Continuing on. Continuing on. <laughs> Upon waking, I told the story to Scott, recounting how embarrassed I was. Scott sat there listening, taking it all in. I braced for the jokes to start rolling, but Scott just gazed at me. His following words made my heart sink and gave me chills from head to toe. Laura, Aaron decided to go home. He didn't spend the night. No one spent the night. I got chills just reading that. For years, I assumed I had seen a ghost in my hall that night. You see, this all happened to me before I had LASIK eye surgery. Okay, and I had had horrible vision. I could see a man in the hallway, but could, could not see specific details. I was used to this vision deficiency when not wearing my glasses or contacts. That night... My brain rationalized that Aaron was supposed to be in my home, so the man in the hallway was Aaron, even if I couldn't see the details of his face. But it wasn't Aaron. I'm not sure what made me believe it was a ghost, except that a spirit felt like the most straightforward, less frightening, and simply entertaining answer. Plus, I had grown up in a home that my sister and I swear was haunted. So the whole spirit-ghost theory didn't frighten me too much, but that's a story for another day. 26 years later, I am horrified at the thought that the more likely explanation is I interrupted a home intruder. Had someone walked into my home and then casually walked out, taking nothing, harming, harming no one? That was supposed to be a question, sorry. Yeah, I, I, <coughs> I, I, I 
I knew had, it was a question. Had someone walked into my home and then casually walked out, taking nothing, harming no one, did I mess up his pursuit? Whether it was a ghost or an intruder, I encountered in that dark hallway so many years ago. I am grateful I survived to share this creepy tale with you. Oh, God, that one always gets me. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Because wow. I, I think, I mean, a lot of it is horrifying, but I think one of the most disturbing parts about it to me is that when she encountered this person or whatever in the hallway, she physically ran into him and felt another person. You know what I mean? She literally bumped into him. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what she said in the story. Oh, wow. But she That's how she knew it was him. Like, she, like, ran into him. and Or maybe she was saying, like, hyperbole, like she was saying. Like, oh, I ran into him. But like, Yeah, I, I, th- I think she... To me, it sounded like she just saw him. Like, she ran into... She just came out of the door and was like, oh, Aaron's right there. Mm. Well, we'll Let have to run. ask her to clarify if she meant she literally physically touched him right. or not. Because if she did physically touch him, then that, to me, is, like almost 100% concrete evidence that it was a person who broke into their house. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. And she, like, again, my family, you know, I know that you said you you haven't had a lot of experiences, but my family has had a lot of weird experiences. We don't seek this stuff out at all. It just falls into our lap. But, yeah, that story always – because what if it was an intruder? And they like got maybe they got freak, you know freaked out because my mom ran out in the hallway and yeah they were just kind of like oh she didn't react the way I expected her to she just ran away like embarrassed and so they just were like oh never mind I need to leave yeah yeah I, <clears throat> I was thinking that she was gonna talk to Aaron the next day and Aaron was like no I wasn't, no, I, wasn't I, I didn't see you yeah but then Scott told her that. He no, didn't he even left. stay the night. He yeah. didn't, no one stayed. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, it was really good. Shout out to Laura. <laughs> yeah, and she was so worried that she didn't write that in a good way, but that was, like, amazing. Oh, the the way it was written was great. Yeah, that's what that's I... That's what made it, made it good. Yeah, so, Laura, when you listened to this episode, that you wrote it perfectly. That was, yeah, like... Killed it. Yeah, she, she called me when I went to CBS earlier, and she was like, have you read it yet? I hope it's not stupid. No, that wasn't. That was like the best story we've done the whole time. That was great, and it was easy to read because it had good grammar, yes. punctuation, not like those shitty Reddit posts <laughs> from dumbasses who don't know how to punctuate. They don't even know about all that because I've cut a lot of those stories out. They didn't read Eat Shoots Leaves as a kid. What? That's a punctuation book. Oh, okay. I'm, I was like, I'm so confused. All right. So let's move right along. So now we have a story from my beautiful friend, Tori. Um, I hope she doesn't mind me using her name. And she is my nail tech, but we also are just collaborators in my photography world, I've shot with her like a billion times this year. She's just so much fun. She's down for anything. Um, I literally just saw her like, what was it, Monday or no, Sunday. So she's just great. So I knew that she was going to come through with a story. So let's, I have not read this, so I'm going into this completely blind. 
So let's go. She says, one time me and my ex-boyfriend were at his old church in Due West. It was really old, obviously, but we volunteered to help out with the youth program. So basically, we were the teachers for the youth program. We were like 17 at the time, but the youth program was held in the basement. And once you went down the staircase, there was only one staircase, and it was a long hallway with about three rooms on either side. My ex-boyfriend went downstairs in the basement to get something he needed um, that he had left after church was over. So the place was basically empty. Nobody else downstairs in that basement area, especially. He was taking a little longer than we thought. It wouldn't take long just to go down there and grab some things. So I went down there after him to see what was taking so long. I stood at the bottom of the stairs and called his name. Nobody answered. So I went to the room he taught in. Nobody was there. But I had a super uneasy feeling. I went back upstairs and my ex was there. When I got back with our little group of friends, he asked me where I went. And immediately I asked him the same thing because there was no way he could have passed me considering there was only one staircase to get back up from the basement. And not to mention that I had called his name and heard nothing. He told me he had heard me call for him, and so he went upstairs, assuming I ran back up the stairs because I always talked about how the basement gave me bad vibes. There's no explanation for how we missed each other. I feel like old church, like not old churches, but any church are creepy at night. I don't know if this was at night. Well, I think... Even in the I dark, mean, even I've been in churches in the daytime and kind of in the basement area and it's dark. I just get, it's just creepy. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it was at night, but it was after no one was there. So it was after hours. Right. There was no one in the basement. He went back to go get something that he had left there and went downstairs, was taking a long time. So my friend, she went down to go check on him, called his name, and nothing. Didn't hear anything. So then she left, went to go find him, and he was upstairs. And there's one way in, one way out. Yes. Wow. And so when they met up, they both said, where are you? And he said he heard her name. He, he, I mean, he heard her call his name, and he was downstairs. And the, But he had assumed that she had just run up the stairs because she had always said that she was afraid of the basement or that it gave her bad vibes. And... In reality, she was just standing there waiting for him. So there was no way that they could have missed each other. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> being by yourself in a church is just creepy. No, and also, I've heard stories like this of like weird, like like couples or friends who have like a weird thing happen where there's like a timeline jump or there's like a, like it may not even be that it was like outright a ghost or a demon, but there was like some kind of weird shit in the air where it was like the veil, you know, that they, they went through the veil or they went through to the, you know, they, there was something intentionally keeping them from running into each other. You know, did they slide into an alternate dimension? Did they, you know, did, the, did one of them break the matrix and slip out of it for a little bit, you know? Especially in an old church. I mean, there's so many, so much time 
and memories in those walls. Oh, there's know, so much energy there. So many there. things have happened. Yeah. You know. Good, bad, horrible, what you know. Um, Who knows? Yeah. yeah there's so yeah. many stories and people's lives and energies that are so deeply intertwined. Sorry, we're admiring um, our big kitty right now. He is literally curled like a baby on Keller's arm. Like Keller has his arm crooked and he's got his whole body crooked into his little arm. He loves me. He does. He's sitting there like a little baby would. Like he's like just asleep, like a perfect little cat. But, but no, we, we live next door to a church growing up. Um, Keller's, Keller did that family, in his, my his childhood. Yeah. And we all, we always used to go over there at night and, because they had a field and we'd play in the field and stuff. And there was a side door to the church over there and it was a glass door. Mm-hmm. And you can see inside. And it, the ch- church was black at night. You know, all the lights were off, but there was an exit sign um, it, with, right within the glass doors. And it lit up that hallway mm. with red. Mm. So you'd look inside those glass doors and it would just be red lights I don't like in that it. hallway. And we were always like, oh man, it looks so creepy. I have kind of a similar thing. So whenever I had to do, because I don't know if you had to do this at your school, but to be able to get a parking pass to park at the high school that I went to, you had to go take a class at the high school for half a day. And it was like a certification class where you listened to these videos and you took a little written test. And then once you passed that, you would, and you took the class, then they would give you your driving pass. So I was there and me and a bunch of my friends, we signed up for this and, you know, you have to sit there half a day You're you know, 16, you're like, Ugh, I don't want to do this, but they would let you out for a little breaks. And so we would just walk down the hallway and this was on a Saturday. So there was nothing, the whole school was shut down and they only would have this one hallway lit up that we were in. And the way that schools are, it's like, you know, they have those big overhead fluorescent lights. So you can do like half the hallway in darkness and half of it in light. So we would walk down the hallway to the end of where we were at. And then, you know, we would just kind of like be looking around um, where the other hallways split off. And same thing, they'd be in total darkness. And at like the very end of it or like right in the middle, there'd be an exit sign. And it would be lighting up the whole like super dark hallway in this like, you know, swash of creepy red light. And it would just be like, ooh, I would not want to stay here overnight. Yeah. Schools too. Like anywhere where there's. Schools to me are like horrifying. Anywhere where there's a lot of people in and out of a building. And a lot of feelings and emotions. Schools, hospitals, churches, you know. Anything like that is, if you're there without all the people there, you know, just you or Mm -hmm. another person, it's creepy. I think we're going to tie this episode up in a bow with one more story. And this is an internet story, but it does take place in South Carolina. So we're going to keep it local. Thank you to everyone who has sent stories in. Thank you to our family for letting us share your stories, our friends for letting us share their stories. It means the world to us. And um, I hope that you have enjoyed the creepy stories so far. So this story is titled, Don't Drive Down Dirt Roads, which, yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) 
So this happened right before my, and this is a woman who is writing this. So this happened right before my 20th birthday when I was in the U.S. Navy. I was stationed at a Navy school in South Carolina the entirety of my enlistment, close to Charleston, but not actually in the city. It wasn't uncommon for people with cars to drive into the city, and everyone was friends with someone who had a car. Me and my class leader, a 22-year-old male, we'll call him P, were really close, and he was friends with this New Yorker, a 19-year-old male, that I didn't like much. We'll call him T. But T had a car, so we ended up doing a lot together. One night, after all three of us had tanked an important test, I convinced them to go for ice cream. We decided on this little mom-and-pop type shop on the far side of Charleston and piled into T's truck. After we had gotten our ice cream, P went to start giving T directions. T couldn't find his way out of a shoebox. But T insisted he knew a shortcut and we needed to just enjoy the ride. We didn't have anything early the next day, so I figured, eh, fuck it. This will probably be a funny story later when T gets us lost. So we're driving for at least twice as long as it would have taken to get back to base, but T keeps promising we're almost there. Meanwhile, we haven't seen a building in at least 10 miles, and the road is so dark, I feel like I'm looking into the abyss. T mentions that he has to pee, so P and I tell him to just pull over and take a leak. The road was lined with forest, so he had options to save his dignity. But instead, but he insists on pulling all the way off the road. So T finds a dirt road and turns down it. And P and I look at each other and both say he needs to stop. P and I are both from the South, while T grew up in mostly NYC. So P and I both knew how, to, how real shoot first, ask questions later can be. But T kept saying he was just going to go a little further through the trees. I'm thinking about how we're going to get shot because I wanted ice cream when we break through the tree line. About 20 yards in front of us was a big bonfire that was bright compared to the light from the new moon. Immediately, my stomach dropped, and P and I both started screaming at T to turn around. That's when we noticed the figures around the fire and those closing in on us. T was frozen in the driver's seat, so I reached into the front and put the truck in, put the truck in reverse while hitting him repeatedly on the shoulder. T slowly turned around to check behind him to back up, only for him to freeze again. I turned and saw more figures closing around the trail behind us. P, by now, had pulled out a flashlight and was trying to blind the figures while repeatedly telling T to just go, that they'd move. So T starts to slowly make his way back while P's whipping his flashlight around and I'm making sure all the doors are locked and rolling up the rear windows and closing the black the back sliding door. God, I can't say. Let me read that again because I just messed that whole sentence up. And I'm making sure all the doors are locked and rolling up the rear windows and closing the back sliding window. The crowd parted like we were Moses and they were the Red Sea. And we made it back onto the road without any other problem. We rode the rest of the ride in complete silence and the three of us have never actually spoken about it since. The only thing that was said the ride home was when P turned to me and said, they didn't have faces. What? <clears throat> didn't have faces? Apparently. I don't know. 
And that's the whole story. You best believe that if I'm in a car and any people, figures, I'm running them bitches face over. or not, I'm is surrounding the, the car, you have the upper hand. Put that shit in drive and pr- and Run press them the gas. Hose over. Run them the f over. I don't care. I will take that charge, but I'm not about to die. I'm mm. not about to die. You're in a car. Yes. Run them over. Wow. What do you think was going on? I mean, it could have been <clears throat> something as innocuous as just people having a bonfire and having a good time, and then they're coming out to see the car that's just, <clears throat> who's this driving up? You know? Yeah, or it could have been out. like a seance yeah, or, or it some been witchy. Some seance crash. Some, yeah, some Wiccan pagan stuff, a ritual where they sacrifice people that have to pee driving on a dirt road. The New York is like... Never going back to the South. Never the, doing it. This guy, T, is apparently a fucking idiot and a bad friend because he's not listening to anything that his other friends are saying. And the author said that she didn't like him to start with. So he already he just gives off bad vibes. Don't just pull over and pee. Yeah. Or <clears throat> just fucking hold it. I mean, we we've done that. Done what? Pulled over on a dirt road in the middle of the night to pee. In the middle oh. oh yeah i remember what i was was like let's go let's get out of here yeah yeah we were coming back from the lake and i had to use the potty (laughs) she did (laughs) and i did and we were like right in front of a house and keller was certain that someone was going to come out wielding an axe ready to kill me or kill him but sometimes you just gotta do your business Yeah. yeah yes but Happy Halloween. I hope that you have a spooky but safe weekend. Enjoy the holiday, please. Go watch some scary movies. Get you some candy. Indulge a little bit, okay? Get a pumpkin-shaped Reese's. They're only out for so long. I hope you have a good holiday. Yes. And we'll see you soon with yes. another episode. Yes. And hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you for making it to this point in the episode. Thank you for hanging with us. We hope that these didn't scare you too much. Just a little bit. Just enough to give you some goosebumps. And just enough to tickle your fancies. <laughs> just, enough to, just, just enough to, to tickle your balls. Tickle your dickle. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yes. Just thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your time. Be safe. Yep. From our couch to yours, we'll see you next time on In the Midnight Hour podcast. And until then, get some sleep. <laughs>